and the guy had this killer background it looked like a seance and mine was just like my ceiling fan and I was like you know what I have a pet snake and I have records and I'll sit in front of that oh yeah there it is Holy yeah shit. do you see <laughs> yeah I put his heat lamp on so that he would like come out wow this is really? incredible it's too bad this is gonna be like just an audio only thing <laughs> oh well you know that's okay um, you're experiencing the full the full vibe what uh what is the snake's name his name's Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, he had that name when I got him, and I didn't want to change him. So it seems he seems like a a, a good uh, Charlie. Was unless he was like named after like Charlie Manson or something. I know. I was like, hmm, it's menacing, but I'll keep it. <laughs> yeah, much better vibe than what I have, which is like my fucking piled up books and dirty clothes. Hey, piled up dirty clothes and books. No worries. All that is just to the right of me. But... <laughs> I've cropped myself. history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers every week we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn you can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com follow us on instagram like us on facebook follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com and subscribe and listen to the podcast on apple Podcasts and spotify or whatever shady podcast streaming app you want to use and if you have a question, want to pitch something or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. When I started dating my partner, I was somewhat taken aback by the amount of seltzer she consumed. I have never seen such a vast graveyard of disposed LaCroix cans before in my life. I would receive some of the most vicious side eye ever when I inquired about just drinking regular water. Needless to say, the carbonated delight of seltzer has soothed my hungover stomach on more than one occasion. And so it was a trip when we attended the first Desert Fest in New York and Ruby the Hadget took the stage and vocalist Jillian Taylor displayed her affection for, in my opinion, the best brand of seltzer out there, Polar. In fact, my partner took it a step further and referred to Jillian as her seltzer queen. And perhaps I can find out if that title remains fitting because none other than Jillian Taylor of Ruby the Hadget is joining us for this chapter of Diary of Doom. Hi. <laughs> that probably is like a little bit of like a, a, a deep cut weird reference. <laughs> I love it. I was like, that's a killer intro. I was wondering where it was going. At one point I was like, this is a great seltzer commercial. I wonder who his sponsor is. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. <laughs> it's me. Surprise. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. We were just like having a, a big laugh over that. And uh, I don't know, is seltzer like an optimal thing to drink while singing? Uh, I feel it's like definitely it not. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not because it's carbonated. So it kind of gives you burps, uh, which you don't want. But you know what? I don't drink uh, before we play. And so sometimes 
it helps me to have like a little bubbly something to squeeze a lemon in makes me feel like I'm hanging out when I'm just having a club soda. <laughs> I guess if you were like maybe going to turn Ruby the Hatchet into like a death metal band, maybe the the seltzer would help out, get some of that guttural uh, anger out. But that's obviously not what you're doing. Oh, but that is that band. that's a good that's a good tactic, though, because when you have a burp, and you're singing you have to do this like really special thing where you try to hold it so it doesn't go back or break away and then you let it out at the right time but i feel like you could definitely put some guttural like screaming behind it's, it's all diaphragm control mm -hmm. have you ever <laughs> just had to burp during a show and it's just oh, like there all, it is yeah. <laughs> yep and yeah you'll like you'll see the little there's little places where you could squeeze them out <laughs> and you just you wait for the pocket and you sing like this until you can like just get it out there <laughs> obviously for anybody that doesn't know jillian is the vocalist and i think like mostly lyricist for ruby the hatchet um and they've got a new album out it's called fear is a cruel master uh, uh as of this recording it just came out yesterday on october 21st and it's really good. Um, but um, obviously you've got to have some kind of background before you got to uh, this point. Um, so like, you know, turning back the clock, like what are your earliest experiences with music? Did you have a musical upbringing or did you find out about it later? Were you like raised around it? Were you not? I guess my earliest was uh, not trying not to be bored to death in Catholic school. And <laughs> <laughs> the only cool thing I thought about going to church and having to go to Catholic school was the choir. And so I just loved it. I always wanted to be a performer. If you asked me when I was three years old, what I wanted to be with a lisp, I would have told you a thinger. And <laughs> I, I want to be a thinger. I want to be a thinger. My mom's like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, not, no one in my family was really musical. I just always had to find those places to use my voice, which was choir at first and then through theater in high school and grade school. I was like a big performing arts geek. And then I guess someone showed me like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden. And I was like, oh my God, theatrical, like heavy music. Like this is my shit. So I guess I'm just a, a self-taught weirdo who found her way into it. I mean, it kind of checks out because like those bands have such an incredible stage performance. Uh, like, and, and, but I mean, you know, it, it says something when like Lady Gaga is like, oh, I love Iron Maiden because it's like the same shit, you know? Yeah, 100%. So like Maiden, Priest, you know, probably just like pipeline for other stuff. But like, when it was that like when you just started getting into like rock and metal and that kind of shit? I guess so. I was always into like rock music. My parents listened to good music um, and my dad had some like kind of proggy interests that I thought were really cool. And, you know, they kind of were like your your starter building blocks of the stuff you like. And then you dive deeper, you know, through high school, people showed me things and and college. And then you just kind of keep, you know, following that little road till you find the le the lesser known things that you really like. And I feel like it's no secret that you're, you seem like, I feel like you're a big fan of like Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Nicks and sort of that like 
cool 70s uh sort of like vibe and whatnot like because um there's an aspect of ruby the hatchet that sort of like exudes that same kind of energy you know what i mean i'm a huge fleetwood mac fan i'm not too cool to say it they have (laughs) such a catalog i mean especially like you know going from peter green fleetwood mac who like you know, Green Man Alishi, the Judas Priest cover. I've met so many people who don't know that that's a Fleetwood Mac song. They're like, what do you mean? Then, you know, there's just so many eras of great singers and songwriters in that band. And I feel like they touch upon so many genres and just happened to be popular. But there's like a, there's this Lindsey Buckingham song. It's called I'm So Afraid. And it's like, I always play it for people. I'm like, this is a metal song because the riff is heavy and the feeling is heavy. And I like heavier music than that, but it's the melody and the feeling that really draws me in. And I think that's what in heavy music stands out to me and is always the thing that I gravitate to the Dio's, the Halfords, you know, Mm. that vibe. Do you have like a a landmark album for yourself that made you start thinking differently about music? Like, Oh, this is, there's a lot more to it than just like people playing guitar, making it go doodly do. And like, you know, like, wow kind of vocals and shit like that maybe like oh hmm. this is like this got a little bit more like like grit it's got a little more like um depth to it you know that's a that's a really good question and and on any day of the week I might give you like a different answer as I remember things in my upbringing or just like you know musical landmarks for me but I feel like Rockarola, the OG Priest album when they were a little more like 60s sounding but getting into mm-hmm. those like heavy metal riffs i think that is the one because there's when when ruby started making music which was like 12 or more years ago just when we started the the roots of it um it was always like very like slow and thoughtful and then we hear you know like i was just really into rock and roll at that time and um has a lot of songs on that album like that that are kind of like intentionally like open and drawing you in and then getting heavy and also having these very present soaring vocals and I remember being like these are the songs that I want to write I want to be able to write a ripper I want one that has a drum solo Mm -hmm. I want one with like space and build and I felt like that album had just is like everything and was perfect (laughs) I don't know if I've actually listened to that one so I probably should yeah it's funny it's like I go through phases too where I have different favorite priest albums and like but that that was like my favorite I'm also like a first album snob I love like first albums by bands (laughs) but then I also am like now again any day of the week I'd probably maybe say a different Judas Priest album because they have just different feelings for me. But um, that one was was super influential. Right on. I always get excited when I get to talk to a band that's from my neck of the woods uh, where I grew up. So and if I remember correctly, you're from New Jersey or you grew up there and Ruby the Hatchet yeah. itself is a New Jersey Philly entity. But as someone from New Jersey, like, how much shit have you had to put up with your whole life? Oh, so much, which is why I love <laughs> with Jersey band. Like we're, we're all, we all grew up in Jersey and cut our teeth here. So that's why to me, we're a Jersey band. Now we just happen to live like, you know, half the band now lives in Philly and I live about five miles outside of it in New Jersey, but it's just the biggest major city. So it doesn't make sense to 
like a lot of the dudes will just say we're from Philly when we meet people, but I always love to say we're from Jersey. Um, I was born <laughs> in Asbury Park. Um, nice. And so I've lived in Jersey my, my whole life. Now I live in South Jersey and the band all lived in South Jersey at this house also. It's just right over the river. It's just five miles away from Philly. So yeah, we're, we're a Jersey band. I mean, there's, it's always just like when people are like, oh yeah, this like, oh, they're a Jersey band. Like, you know, I don't know. That's always a response I get. Like, and it's regardless of genre, yeah. like, oh, they're a Jersey band, you know? Like, even if you're talking about like the misfit, like, oh yeah, they're that Jersey band. And I'm like, yeah, they actually are definitely a band from New Jersey. <laughs> there's a lot of great people from New Jersey. There are, there are. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, this is how you talk about Jersey, right? You kind of trash it but you're like you love it for what yeah it is. no i am the trash <laughs> i am the exactly. trash and i'm we are the fucking trash. fine with it <laughs> but that i mean that's cool and like you know you obviously like kind of enter now like the you know the lexicon of like what that actually comes with being like oh you know a fucking rad band from my home state and it's it's awesome um but like what are some of the things that you like love about jersey that other places don't do properly. And like, you know, mine are kind of obvious, like the bagel, the pizza, the breakfast sandwich, like- Oh yeah. It's, it's gotta be cheap, it's gotta be good, it's gotta be greasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. Bread is is definitely something that everyone else fucks up. <laughs> <laughs> and like good coffee sometimes too. Um, but I, I feel like it's almost the, the vibe and the people, like we can be, so moody but it, and it's like understood or like defensive and like you could just like be somewhere in silence with someone or you could just like bitch with a stranger and everyone's like yeah all right but like i go to california and like everyone's in way too good of a mood and you know i feel like i stick out like a curmudgeon but here i feel like i'm accepted and there's like this collective sigh that we can all give knowing like what it means being like a little more of a like hardened east coast person <laughs> it's very like hard to describe, but everybody who's from New Jersey knows exactly what you're talking about. It's like, we all kind of like, we're all like aware of just like, oh, you know, like just being alive is like frustrating and little things annoy the, the fucking shit out of us. And it's like, yeah. it's like when two dogs that don't agree walk by and they just start, they don't, they're not gonna do more than just like bark at each other, like really intensely. That's basically how it is. Like most car engagements, like, that's a good one. That's a great one is like talking about the fucking driving in New Jersey. Oh my God. Yeah. People cut you off. It's like you yell at them, you give them the finger, you say some foul language and then you're like, all right, whatever, move on. Yeah. Other just... places, people are pulling out guns and shooting you. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I just, there's like a, there's a particular grit of people around here and it's just is what I realized after traveling this country and many others is that this is definitely where I belong for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, it must be so strange to go from like this weird chaotic energy of New Jersey and then to go somewhere like overseas, you know, I, mean, I, I don't know how, like how far and like wide you've uh, performed uh, over, you know, over the years and whatnot, but it's gotta be like an, just an incredibly different vibe. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. And uh, I, I really love it. We've done some pretty extensive touring in Europe. Um, and oddly enough, you know, Jersey people are huge transplants, like you find them everywhere. And I always <laughs> find them like I found 
I found him in Germany and Belgium. Just we like grab <laughs> you find them and you like gravitate to one another. And then I'm like, oh, of course you're from New Jersey. But yeah, it's it's a totally different vibe in Europe. It's like it's weird. It it can be more laid back and more um, uptight all all at the same time. Who has the worst driving, New Jersey or Philly? Because I feel like. I've heard some accusations about Philadelphia. I will say I do Ooh. not like fucking Massachusetts drivers are really fucking bad. Oh yeah. You know what? And I'm sorry. Apologies to anyone I might offend, but I think I'm going to just not answer your question the right way and say that every time I'm frustrated behind someone in a car, they're from Maryland. Like they're, <laughs> they're giving away fucking driving licenses in gumball machines in Maryland. I'm pretty sure. But between Jersey and Philly to go back to your original statement. Sorry, anyone from Maryland. You're awesome. And I love it there. But maybe a lot of maybe a lot of GMAs. I would say Philly bothers me more. But that's only because there's less space to figure it out. Like in Jersey, people can drive like assholes. And maybe I'm one of them. But we all like just speed up and then get away. And, and there's room. But in Philly, you're just like doing it in jammed traffic all the time. And that's what Philly I hate. Traffic is wild. And the potholes, they could swallow yes. people. I mean, Jersey is pretty bad with them too, but like the I, Philly traffic is like, it's impressive. And like, I live in New York now and I've dealt with New Oof. York traffic my entire life and Philly yeah. traffic blows me away. <laughs> Do you have any opinions on Gritty? I oh, hate rules. I love Gritty. I think- I don't like the team. I hate the Flyers, but uh. I love Gritty. <laughs> Well, shit. I like the Flyers. They're definitely a Broad Street Bullies person. Um, and I think Gritty's great. He's so, and I love when people don't like him because oh, it's, no. he's awesome. <laughs> he's the best thing about the the Flyers. Yeah, opinion. he's so he's so ridiculous. It's like perfect for Philly. Last uh, Philly or not Philly Jersey thing. Where do you fall in the Taylor Ham pork roll debate, or do you just think it's gross? Oh, you know what? I'm like not a big meat eater, but it's pork roll. It is pork roll. <laughs> I'm glad we can agree. Well, I I mean, I'm from Northern Jersey, so I've always said Taylor Ham, but my stance is that I think that's what it is technically known as, but pork roll is way more fun to say. So I usually yeah, say that. Yeah, 100%. It's a, funnier, like, it's a funny fucking phrase. Yeah, I think of it this way. If I was like directing a movie or writing a song where I was getting really wordy, I wouldn't be like, and then he walked into the delicatessen and ordered a Taylor ham, egg and cheese. It just doesn't sound right. You order pork roll, egg and cheese. It's the more coffee and cigarettes version. Exactly. Ween did it right. <laughs> All right. Enough uh, New Jersey Philly talk. So Yeah, um, no one else cares except us. <laughs> <laughs> the new record, it's out as of now, as of yesterday, uh, at the time of this recording. And uh, it's the first one in a while because it's been like, what, five years? It has been one? five years somehow. And uh, this record is equal parts riffs and sleaze and tood and sex and like a little bit of pop melody, um, which is like, it's just like feels nice on the ears. So like, you know, besides having completely lost a year, you know, dealt to all of us, like, you know, do you think like, stuff's changed with the band like kind of what's different about this record compared to the last one you know the pandemic as much as i i keep saying like it's not a pandemic album of course that played a role in how we were writing songs and practicing and getting together but i think that more than anything it's just kind of you know five years is a while between 
the last album and I think our songwriting has just gotten more tight a little more experimental in that time so I really just feel like it's a more of um, an evolved move on from where we've been previously and you've spoken about how the title of this album fears of coral masters kind of reflective of like the current times and like you know as a band like your you know your version of it of the fear was you know are we going to be able to like do this band thing anymore like i think that was a lot of people's like worries yeah um and so like you know you had also said that you were like reading mm -hmm. about like cults and shit and like how you know we are you know kind of in a delicate period in our history would you say this is a time where like you know this is would you agree that like this is a time when people can really take advantage of that fear that people are experiencing and like you know kind of like take advantage of it and shit like that and it's sort of like you're just sort of existing under this like <laughs> creeping cloud of like ooh, what's next yeah i definitely i think it's pretty dystopian right now i'm i'm an optimist i'm like a hopeful person but i'm also a realist and um it's just very divided times it's sad and i think anyone who can capitalize on it does and that's everyone from politicians to media to anyone who can make you buy something <laughs> which is sad uh but and very like 1984 <laughs> i'm trying not to get like too, too political with it no no i hear you but i hear you i think that over overarching we we always carry like a live for today vibe is like what i am always trying to put into the songs whether it's through the back door or the front door with um it seeming heavy but i think that fear is a cruel master is just is is also about that it's like you know take your chances live for today make your own decisions because fear is a cruel master and you don't want it to govern you lest people take advantage of you you know it's like that sort of uh eternal like anxiety of like ah uh, you know like what's in store for tomorrow and it's like you gotta sort of like seize the moment you gotta like do what you do right then and there and that's gotta be like what matters and you got to think about, but you know, that's always, it's, it's, it's definitely a hard thing to do right now. Just like as a quick aside, like, you know, my partner, I also do like reading them, like learning about cults and shit like that. And like, I think you mentioned like the branch Davidians, like what are sort of like your favorite cult stories? Cause I do find them. I mean, they're all very tragic and like sad. And I don't know, it's like that sort of like true crime aspect that about it like I guess it's a little bit like you know weird because it's like it does get like very like kind of bleak at times but they are like regardless really interesting yeah it is it's psychologically fascinating that's that's my draw to it I wouldn't mm -hmm. say like favorite cults are all well, yeah, you don't want to say like oh I love this like I love that but like I guess the ones it's, that like their interest the most they, yeah like to say it. they're very fascinating case studies but I will say like probably because most recently I read um, that memoir from a Branch Davidian survivor and just kind of dove into, you know, studying what happened there. And that, that was just something that stuck with me because I grew up thinking a completely different thing about that, you know, the way mm -hmm. that the, that the media spun it, um, which was basically, you know, I was, I was young. I remember when Waco happened and I was like, Oh, all those people committed suicide together. And then, you know, getting older and like looking into it. And I was like, oh, those people were slaughtered by the government. Uh, okay. 
Uh, not to say they weren't doing like fucked up things, but that one is just. Um, oh, it was not handled well. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know like, what I mean, it was not handled totally, well. Totally. And there was really no accountability. And then, you know, everyone I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of people grew up just kind of assuming the wrong thing about that. And I'm, people having different opinions is also totally fine. I'm just saying I found that fascinating for myself mm. because it was just something that I felt was given a, a totally different spin to everyone to kind of distract from what really happened, which is, you know, the weirdest cult ever is the fucking government. So, yeah. And it was just sort of like, ah, this didn't go well. Let's just, let's just sweep this one under the rug and uh, make it. Yeah. Let's what not it was. So, address illegal tear gas we used. It is kind of funny though. Like I do you kind of think about it like, bands sort of have like a cult vibe to them too because it's like you're building like a thing and then you get people to like listen to your shit so it is like obviously most of the time not nefarious you're just like i just want to fucking rock and play solos you know but it's yeah. kind of funny when you think about that and then of course you have the cult following bands you know so it's just it's interesting how those like two terms sort of like coexist and mean like very different things. Although I guess there probably has been some like weird fan behavior over the years in like, you know, rock and roll and heavy metal history, obviously. Yeah, it's definitely true. It's funny how we get like attributed cult, like, you know, like bands and like mm -hmm. dark things. And it's like, what? oh, how about religion and governments? And those are the weirdest cults in my opinion. Christians are weird people. Yeah, Spanish Inquisition, not good. Like. So one thing like I did notice like when I was listening to the album was that you actually featured a duet with your uh, drummer on the song Soothsayer, which also has some saxophone on it, I think. So that kind of surprised me. So like interesting to hear a male crooner show up on there. Was that just like something that popped up creatively? You're like, hey, let's try this out because it's just not something I remember from the earlier stuff. Unless I need to re-listen re and re-educate <laughs> myself. No, that was that was kind of new for us. And it's I think so. Soothsayer has um, saxophone on it. Sean is, is a sax player and, and kills it on that song. And then Last Saga is um, the one that Owen and I trade off verses. I think it's and it starts with Owen, which we've never just started a song with like just a male voice alone. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of crazy that we haven't because Owen is a phenomenal singer. He he's in several bands where he's the front person and not the drummer. Um, including a Credence cover band where he just kills John Fogarty vocals. He's a beast and um, he's a great songwriter too. And Last Saga was a song that he brought to the table. So he had that, that verse melody fleshed out and we were singing it together. I wrote the chorus and then the, the next verse and um, lyrics. But I was like, you know, it just sounds so good like when I when he played the demo I was like we need to keep your voice on it which is just something that I feel like I'm constantly trying to talk him into but it worked this time and maybe it is the beginning in the new uh maybe more Fleetwood Mac era for us of like different <laughs> different uh songwriters and singers coming to the front because there's a lot of people in the band with a great voice also killing it is the uh keyboards on this um i but I, I love uh, I love a heavy band with fucking keys in it. I'm a huge fan of that. Oh, me too. Yeah, Sean is is amazing. He's got a lot of different organs and synthesizers going on this one. Given that this year 
uh, kind of year that bands are getting back on the road and whatnot. And uh, actually just uh, saw you earlier in the year. Um, you were on tour with Elder, managed to catch the Brooklyn show, which was fucking sick. Oh, yeah, that was so fun. But obviously now that, you know, Torn's back on and whatnot, like, and I'm sure you're relieved by that. Uh, do you have any nor- notable tour stories from, you know, years prior to this, like kind of whether crazy or weird or unique or just fun? Oh, man. Yeah, it's so it's funny because there's so many. And then when someone asks you, you're like, um, hmm, whatever happened? Let's see. Well, this last tour with Elder was super fun. We kept trying to play them in Mario Kart the whole tour, but they were too scared that we would kill them. So that never happened. Um, Also on this tour, we realized Nick from Elder actually is like got this little like hip hop rap side project going on that no one no one might ever hear but if you're on tour you'll get on a verse so him and owen our drummer uh were working on these songs (laughs) and like it became this massive inside joke uh through the tour because it was like they were just all about poop and diapers (laughs) (laughs) and it was like that had to be in the subject matter but like the things that we were rhyming together that no one should ever hear was was pretty awesome (laughs) wow i must hear his uh fecal focused uh rap oh yeah maybe he needs to get on here for a fecal focused interview oh god (laughs) sorry nick called you out For that episode, I'll rebrand the podcast as Diarrhea of Doom. <laughs> oh my god, genius. Yeah, that when I told my friends about starting this, they were just like, oh, really? You're going to call like your podcast Diarrhea of Doom? And I was like, oh, Diary of Doom. They're like, but come on. You, and I'm <laughs> so like, yeah. Like, That's so great. It's there. That's pretty funny, though. Uh, you know, obviously the album is out and you were on tour. Do you have anything else kind of like lined up? Anything, you know, kind of the years winding down? Anything on the horizon for next year? Yeah, we right now we're um, getting ready for a record release show. It's going to be December 17th in Philly. And then as far as next year goes, we're going to do a U.S. tour and a European tour. The dates are getting sorted out but those are our two our two plans we'll just see what what pops up with this new album you know we that that tour with elder was our first full u.s tour since the pandemic and it was great so we want to get back out and also hit a lot of the spots that we haven't hit in a couple years now since we lost that time so yeah we want to see where we go with it sweet uh have you been listening to anything lately that you've been really enjoying whether it's something new or something old hmm what i've been listening to a lot lately i've been listening to a lot of warren zevon again <laughs> i i love warren zevon and i'm constantly going back to him but feel like i'm in a phase with that right now um and then i'm trying to think of this other band that i just found their a demo of theirs the other day and i can't stop listening to them they are called oh prison affair they're just like a punk band that I found a demo of theirs and I was like, oh fuck, this is awesome. It's it's really good. I don't know. Check it out if uh if you're into that kind of thing. But. Oh, I definitely will. Let's see some stuff that I've been listening to. 
John from Conan suggested this band Thra from Arizona, uh, and my partner is from Arizona, so I had so of course I had to check them out. They're a sludge band, really good. Nice. The Kill Switch Engage drummer started a band called Libica, uh, and it's kind of like a Yab esque instrumental sort of thing. It was kind of it was pretty interesting. Um, I was listening to this weird British electronic band I discovered in college called Hybrid Again, which was kind of fun to revisit. The band Tribal Gaze, Death Metal, the album's called Nine Choirs, has incredible artwork. Uh, the band Sonia, their album oh, Out Arrive. Are they from are they from Philly? Yeah, those are our friends. Oh yeah. This is they're like a trad metal band with Yeah, shout band, out like, the NG. Those are the homies super 80s flair and yep. uh the singer came out as trans and was fired from their previous band so fuck that band and i'm glad that they found a new band to be awesome in very cool sonia rules yeah definitely go check out that album and i listened to this band uh iris i think i've listened to them before I probably mentioned them on there uh just insanely aggressive and bonkers extreme metal i found this weird band called swamp tooth it's like swamp <laughs> sludge and with a lot of like alligator references and also the new autopsy record is fucking incredible love it nice so that's what i have been listening to and uh have been going to some shows i saw mashuga and converge and torch farewell torch we'll miss you very much steve brooks you ru- you fucking rule steve brooks Mother. does it I went and saw Earth and Ice Age. Uh, I saw Stephen O'Malley at St. Vitus, which was fucking sick. And then I saw Kikagaku Moyo on their farewell tour at Brooklyn Steel, which was fucking awesome. Oh, they're so phenomenal live. Yeah, so fucking good. Yeah, a lot of shit going on. A lot of music out there. Yeah. So much. Uh, definitely, like, no uh, no shortage of good tunes this year, that's for sure. I feel like we're getting everything that people have been working on the last few years coming out, and it's, uh, it's been pretty goddamn great. So is there anything you want to plug? Where can people find you? Where can they get the new record? Yeah, definitely. You can go to our band camp. It's thehatchet.bandcamp.com. Um, and get our new record, Fear is a Cruel Master. If you get the band-exclusive version, it puts gas in the tank so i recommend that one um (laughs) and we have some merch there too um i guess my last plug would be uh if you guys are dio fans or just fans of music in general there is a new dio doc out called dreamers never die oh yeah we gotta watch it yeah so you have to watch it um two friends of ours don and demian uh they're in this legendary philly band called serpent throne like instrumental, amazing, perfect metal band. Check them out if you don't know them. Um, they don't play anymore because they started making documentaries. They made the Pentagram documentary and um, this documentary for Dio. Oh, did they, wait, the Pentagram documentary that came out a few years ago? Yeah. Oh man, that I still haven't seen it. That movie looks bleak as fuck. <laughs> okay, so put both of those on your list. Um, but if you wa- are watching the Dio doc, um, they needed some people for reenactment scenes so Owen and I uh, are in a reenactment scene for when Dio becomes the singer of Sabbath and oh, that's hell comes out. So I have to plug that. Um, everyone, everyone should watch it. It's, it's such an amazing story about such a, a wonderful uh, and influential 
singer. Nice. Oh, I have to shout out one more Philly band. Uh, and that's because it's I, I've kind of like had the the uh, unique experience of like somebody told me about it on this podcast. I talked to another friend about it. They said how much they liked them. I listened to them and finally saw them. And then everybody was blown away. And like, man, I love Stinking Lizabetta. I'm probably not like the biggest band, but Yanni fucking rules. And uh, who was it? I think, I forget if it was maybe Gina from Baroness was like, Yanni was like her guitar teacher or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I just love them. They're such a Philly band. I somehow haven't seen them live. Oh, really? And I think we played the same day at Psycho, but I I somehow missed them. I I definitely need to see them. Um, I can't imagine why you missed somebody at Psycho Las Vegas this year. Oh, my God. There's (laughs) so much going on. It's like a circus there, but it's great. Yeah, I need to see them. If we're, I mean, if we're doing a final shout out for Philly bands, um, Heavy Temple are, are very, very good friends. They have an amazing record out right now. Lupus Amori, also on Magnetic Eye. Elise is my nearest, dearest, lovely, lovely person. Um, and then also my roommate is in this amazing garage punk band called The Outsect with some other friends of ours. And they're my favorite Philly band right now. So everyone should definitely check The Outsect and Heavy Temple out. Nice. And Morgul Blade. Like that. <laughs> we just keep like plugging people. And OC Rippers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, Anyway, thank you for taking the time out of your day and for setting up the the, the wonderful backdrop with the snake and everything. It's like it's just like a total yeah. great vibe. Everyone just picture a snake and candles and there's our record. <laughs> I realize maybe the snake's probably named after Charlie from It's Always Sunny, not Charlie. <laughs> it depends on the day. It depends on his mood. Oh, yeah, you can see him stretching out. He's pretty long. It's a um, what I don't I forget the name. It's like a marbled boa or something, a reticulated python or something. He's he's actually a royal python. A royal python. A okay. ball python. They're like the most docile, domesticated snakes. It doesn't seem like he's gonna grow much bigger. Yeah, he's chilling. <laughs> nice. Uh, anyway, uh, we're not gonna go off on a tangent about snakes now. So um, thanks. <laughs> this was dope. Uh, go check out the new album, Fucking Whips and go support Ruby the Hatchet and just keep an eye out for their future appearances down the road and whatnot. And that'll do it for this chapter of The Diary. Thanks so much.
I'm just the right amount of caffeinated and stoned and like ready to go, I think. I'll, I'll get I'll get on that level real quick. Oh yeah, wait, I'm not gonna let you smoke alone. Cheers. Cheers. Although admittedly mine does look like a crack pipe. <laughs> Good thing it's audio only. Yeah, I'm definitely not smoking crack. <laughs> <coughs> 